0: Hey, this is Pastor Jack, Pastor Michelle, this is Living With Purpose, and uh, we're gonna continue our study on marriage and relationships, and let's find out what the Bible has to say about it, and not just let the world try and teach us.
1: Yes, hallelujah, and we were talking last week, go back and watch the episodes, there's been several, and they're encouraging, and they'll inspire you and give you some empowerment to live in your marriage, or believe God for a marriage that is godly, hallelujah. But we were talking last week, and we wanna kinda round up a little bit of just closure on on order order in God's world is very, very important because it brings a protection and it yeah. brings blessing. And when we get out of order, all of a sudden we get unprotected and our blessings start being stolen. And we, yeah. we don't want that for you. We have an enemy that's real and he wants to steal. He's the thief and he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God's come to give you life and life more abundantly. But believe it or not, that order brings that life abundantly. And it's not a it's not a trap or a captivity. It's a joyful place where our borders are blessed and, and just... Um, it's kind of like going into church. We always use our faith and pray that that His presence is there and that it's safe there above all things. And yeah. in the children's ministry, I always say, the most important thing is that the children are safe because it's hard to receive love or receive anything from God when we don't feel safe. You need to be in a safe, orderly environment that's in good. order to have, uh, be able to receive the blessings and for your marriage to cultivate and grow properly.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I'm liking, I'm just remembering one of my favorite verses in Proverbs and I'm gonna try not to butcher it. But it says, like a bird that wanders from his nest is a man that wanders from his place. Mm. And what the how the way the Lord shared that with me, it was kind of like this. He said, Whatever a person leaves in disobedience, he leaves unprotected. And when we're out of order, when a man, when any of us abdicate our place in the family, we leave the rest of that family unprotected. unprotected. So and awful. I don't think if any of us would would, you know, if a burglar or a prowler was breaking into our home. I don't think any of us would just stop and let that happen. If we knew that somebody was purposefully coming to try and take our children or hurt us in any way, shape or form, we would fight tooth and nail with whatever we had to prevent that from happening. Well, we have an enemy that's like that. We have an enemy that's 24 seven, that is trying to get to our children, that is trying to get into our homes. And so when we are there, when we're in order like Pastor Michelle just said, you know, when we're all in our place, when we're in order, then there is a protection that takes place there. And I just can't rely on Michelle to be the spiritual head. You know, honey, I'll take the church and you take care of the kids. That doesn't work. If you'll notice that even one of the qualifications to be in the ministry, if you look at Second Timothy is, yeah. you have to be in order with your family.
1: That's powerful. It's very important to be in order too, because there's just um, um, a way that God does things that just brings so much peace. You know, I, I was looking at the first time you see the word order in the New Testament, and it's when Luke writes um, in the book of Luke, in chapter one, verse one, he says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of these things which have been fulfilled among us. And then, in verse three, it says, It seemed good to me to write an orderly account. He was being led, inspired by the Holy Ghost. To put in order everything that was supposed to be put down about what Jesus did, so you could know how to live your life in order and not have any disorder anymore because Jesus came to bring order. That was the covenant, the order in the covenant that even Zechariah prophesied, which I said a couple of episodes ago, but order was the goal. God was bringing order back. That's good. He started with order. Disorder happens because of sin. Yeah. And he was bringing back order.
0: That's so good. You know, even. You know, Michelle and I have been in full-time ministry and we've talked about this for like 27 years. And we've been at West Houston Christian Center now for 24, 23 of those years. And we've seen a lot of families with a lot of kids. And, you know, we're not pointing fingers, we're just telling you just from our experience of watching how this works, whenever a family came in and the parents were not instructing the kids to be a part of the children's ministry or to go to the youth ministry or where the kids were making the decisions about where we're gonna to go to eat and, and all those types of things, those children, they, they, they didn't grow up well. And there was a much higher percentage of those kids that really went through a lot of really, really hard times. Why is that? because their parents thought that being friends with them was more important than keeping order in the home or just keeping that child happy. Maybe that parent came out of a a, a parental situation themselves where that parent was overly abusive to them and they said, I will never do that to my kids. So they did the exact opposite and they let those kids do anything, say anything, go anywhere and do anything. And in reality, because they were not in order, it did not help them down the road.
1: And, and this is nothing to do with control. That's the lie of the enemy yeah, to say good. any kind of order, any kind of submission is about control. It's not about control. That's a lie of the enemy. And you need to cast that down throw that out. Right. Because the truth is, is that when the pattern is right, that's when all the blessings can come. I've said that before. But I was also... Um, stating something last time about how, when we're in order, the man and woman becoming one flesh and the man submitting to God and wife submitting to their own husbands as unto the Lord and the children submitting or obeying their parents, um, God can 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 flow and we've already talked about the blessings, but good. but if your children have the right to have their own um, ideas and desires and sure. creativity, that's not even what he's saying. So I just want to clarify that, but it's about making sure that, that that you are not allowing them to become um, wise in their own eyes. That's good. That all of us, he said at the end of the last broadcast, that 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 the husband is like a servant unto God. Well, the wife is a helpmeet comparable unto Him. And and the children are to obey their parents because it says, honor your mother and father that it may be well with you when you live long in the the earth. There's promises that go with everything He's telling us to do and everything He tells us to do, He tells us to do for a reason and for a purpose and it's always for our good. And so He wants you not to become like Satan, I, 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 full of pride, wise in your own eyes. He wants you to be humble. In fact, the first time we see the word submit in the Old Testament is actually the only time we see that word or that Hebrew word, because there's several Hebrew words for submit. It's not in the Bible that often. It's like in the Old Testament seven times, and in the New Testament, like nine times, except for the same Greek word in the New Testament sometimes is typed out subject. But anyways, um, the point of this first time in the Old Testament, it's in Genesis 16:9 and it says, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, and he's talking about Hagar, return to thy mistress and submit thyself unto it's her written. hand under her hands. And submit in the Hebrew is anah, meaning to afflict, humble, and sing. It's a beautiful thing to be in submission, to have a humble heart. It's the melody he was talking about in another broadcast as well. It's it's singing unto the Lord it's that good. you don't think you're better and that you know everything, but instead you're willing to work together with other people because yeah. you love other people. And in humility, it says pride comes before a fall, but he exalts the humble. You yeah.
0: know? You know, it's so cool is that, you know, there's always patterns for this. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I speak it over my kids um, each day, is Luke 2.52. And it says, Then Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and man. And, you know, what a powerful scripture. But, you know, the scripture right above that says this. It says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject and obedient to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. What does that mean? That just simply means that when Jesus was 12 years old, they came to Jerusalem and, you know, they spent two or three days in Jerusalem. It was something that they did each year. And so they went to go back to where they were from. And uh, the first day they couldn't find Jesus. And so Mary and Joseph just assumed that, you know, hey, Jesus was with some other family or whatever back in the caravan. Well, day two went by, they didn't see him, day three, and then they got concerned. And so they go back to Jerusalem and they find Jesus in the temple debating these rabbis uh, of the time. And uh, obviously as any mother would be if their child did not show up for three days, Jesus, you know, why, how could you do this to me? You know, why did you do this? And, you know, Jesus was like, well, you know, I'm busy about my father's business. They didn't understand that. But that's where Luke 2:51 comes from, is that even Jesus, who was God, submitted himself to his parents because without Luke 2.51, where it says again, then he went down with them, talking about Mary and Joseph, came to Nazareth and was subject to them. He was obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. I would just throw out there that without Luke 2.51, you don't have Luke 2.52. Without Jesus, who was God submitting to his earthly parents, you don't have Jesus increasing in wisdom and stature wow. and favor with both There's God and man. And then once again, Please. Jesus's ministry, he submitted it to John. He came down and said, let this, when he wanted to be baptized, John didn't want to do it, but he submitted, he said, let this be done for righteousness sake. You see pictures, if it's important for God who is God to submit even in earthly situations, how much more for us with that servant type leadership to submit to one another.
1: Yeah, and just a minute ago, I said that the word submit or submission is not in there very many times, but the same Greek word, which is uh, who who put, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'll let Hupitasso? you
1: say it. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. I'm sorry. Please pass the H-U-P-O-T-A-S-S-O. But the, per- the purpose of saying it is, is, is that that is the same word for subject or submit. And he said, Jesus subjected himself to yeah. his parents. That word is to be subordinate under... In obedient, subject to, submit, or put under. And and if Jesus was willing to do it, I wanna do it. Like Because yeah. we're supposed to be imitating right. Jesus. We're Absolutely. supposed to be imitating Him all the time. Our purpose in life is to be reconciled to God through Jesus yeah. and then reconcile other people to God through Jesus. But we can't do that very well if we don't even know Jesus. It's about letting, getting to know Jesus and imitating Jesus yeah. in everything. And the order that we talked about before is just going through the order of everything Jesus did and learning. and copying and observing to do what he did and subjecting ourselves under God and subjecting ourselves and submitting ourselves one to another for the purpose of the glorification of God and the advancement of the kingdom. Yeah. For people to get saved. I would
0: think one of the most miserable things in a marriage would be for one of the people to demand submission from the others, but yet never show it in return. And I'm a big fan of mutual submission. You know, I believe that both Michelle and I um, we mutually submit, and we're going to get into it with a little bit more detail, but let me just we got to state this up front. Submission is something that for in order for it to be true biblical submission, it has to be freely given by one to another.. Choice. It can never be demanded of somebody. I can never, ever, ever demand. and you know when we're, when we're having fun and we're laughing and, and I if you know my personality, I like to kid and I like to joke but I'll just yell, submit! And she knows because that's not how it works, how funny that sounds when we're in the middle of a conversation just to be funny. But nowhere nowhere in the Bible does it ever command where a woman, number one, the Bible talks about a woman submitting to her own husband. That doesn't mean she submits to all men. That doesn't mean that she is inferior in any way, shape or form. Michelle is far more educated than I am. There's a million things that she has done that she's brought into our life that were more or better than what I could have ever done. We would be living at such a limited place if we were going, if I'm the man, I make all the choices, we're gonna do, we would be so limited. She brought me up to a higher level and now we're mutually submitted to one another and there's things that I bring to the table and there's things that she brings and that really is a picture of covenant. We bring our strengths and weaknesses together and in the midst of it, we become stronger as a whole.
1: Yes, but, but the woman, it is the desire of God for us to come up under that because there's a protection I don't think we realize and we don't talk about enough. They have a, they have a strength and they have ability to be a little less distracted. Sometimes if we're driving the car, I'll say, what do you think about thinking about? And he'll say, nothing. I don't know how that's possible as a female. I am thinking about seven things at one time and I can get distracted and I can even get emotionally drawn into something even as a strong founded Christian in the word, practicing the word. I can get distracted by this thing and he'll be like, it's not important. And I'll think, but it's so important. Yeah. And if, But if I get up into arguing with him about it, we don't have any productivity, but if I just submit unto the Lord and ask the lord to show me he not only will he show me but I'll most of the time he'll protect me from myself mm. you know like just submitting up under that God knows what he's doing yeah. you know it's not like the man always knows more but at the same time he's being complimentary saying I have a little bit more education he sometimes he has so much more wisdom than I do because of just the word in him and just the role that is set in him in God to be um now let me not make it confusing. God's not saying he's the provider or he's the protector in all cases because that would be limited. God is our protector and provider. But there's a role that the male plays that is very um, precise. When he split man and woman, there's different characteristics that were taken to one and to the other, and sometimes you might be in a marriage where the man um, does more cooking. That he likes to cook. It's okay. Yeah, you work in your marriage to to for what works together. Right. You know what I mean? Like like I sometimes will balance the checkbook because I like numbers, but he still oversees that because that would be really uh weight bearing on me to to just handle all the money and handle all the thought of all the bills. So it's just about getting to together and bringing your strengths and even in your weaknesses, yielding to each other and working together. But coming up under is important all the time, but especially in certain situations, even to let God through your husband protect you and keep the order that he wants for the
0: blessings. Yeah, I've seen it so many times where you'll have a man who's not submitted to anybody who won't answer to anybody, won't listen to anybody who thinks that they're the final authority on any and everything and they're leading this family, and it's so dangerous because, you know, especially for a woman, because, you know, here, I'm I'm investing my life, these are my children, and we're just being led by how you feel at that moment or what you think. And that's why it's so important for everyone in the family, for the wife, for the children, for everybody, to make sure that they know that dad is submitted to God. That, you know, I can honestly say that Michelle and I, in all the years we've been married, We've never disagreed on any major purchase we've ever made when it's been homes or cars or, or college or those things. We had discussions. She was raised in a family where college was incredibly important and I was raised in one where it wasn't. And so that doesn't mean that we weren't submitted to one another. We, we found common ground. She showed me all the benefits of the advantages of where our kids could be. Now we had to believe God for hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it, but you know what, we did it together. There's not one of us, I don't lay in bed at night like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. No, we made those decisions together. And uh, that's why that mutual submission is so important. And
1: may I just say, we did it in faith. We came together and prayed. If if he had, if we had both agreed after praying to God that college wasn't the best for one of our children or for all of our children, we would have obeyed that. I would have obeyed that. Right. I was just bringing the the topic to him and he he listened and he's brought so many topics to me, but it's just about, ebbing and flowing together for the glorification of God.
0: But if you're not submitted, you won't listen to the other person. You're going to, I, you know, I'm the lawgiver, you know, we'll throw that old Moses thing in there, you know, like I'm the lawgiver, you know, what I say goes in my family. And, you know, that's so dangerous. You know, kids need to see stability at headship in order for them to have stable lives. I can't tell you how many people that I've been in contact with who had two unstable parents and they produced unstable kids because they didn't know what the truth was. They didn't know what the foundation was. And so when the kids see mom and dad submitted to one another and submitted to God, you know, you're gonna have words once in a while, but you're not gonna have screaming and the yelling and the throwing of things and I'm leaving and all these things and it traumatizes our kids and you're planting seeds for them, for their relationships down the road. So, we're going to continue talking about submission. We're going to submit to the time right now, because uh, we're going to uh, we're going to check off the air. But this is an important subject, and uh, you know, we want to give you tools. We want to give you things that right now, maybe you're in a in a in a marriage and it's tough and it's rough and. You know, everybody's out of order. First thing you need to do is ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. If you've already done that, you know, recommit your life to Him. You, the only person you can change in your family is you. Husbands, you can't change your wives. Wives, you can't change your husbands. You cannot do it. The only thing you can change is you. And when we become more Christ-like, it's easier for that other person to follow. So quit trying to change them. men can't tell that woman to submit. Women, you can't tell men to love you like Christ loved the church. We we can only change ourselves. Man, we love you. Come visit us at West Houston Christian Center. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you next week.